of Destiny Total Sports Ministry in conjunction with Deep Experience Revival Level introduce to you God's Word with simplicity and power, which is able to save and give you eternal inheritance through God's servant, Pastigo Okolo Prince. God bless you as you listen. Our Father, please, I ask you, don't pass us by. These three days, let the heavens remain open continually. Let your voice sound our direction. Let confusion be raised. Let our glorious destiny emerge in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' most precious name, we are prayed. Now, God began to speak to me many, many years back. Before I even started seeing the players, and one of the days, this is the prophetic word he gave to me. He said, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste place. They shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And they shall be called the repairers of the bridge and the restorer of the path to dwell in. And God began to speak to me and say, listen, it is not a little matter. It's a serious matter. Don't joke with this, my son. What we are doing here is not one generation thing. I have said it to anybody who has ever come across me and hear me. And one day God said, I don't do what ends in one generation. It is from one generation to another. From one generation to another. And quietly, we have been building for him, looking for those people that are agents of change. Those men, those women that God wants to include in this flight for this lasting change. May I say to you, don't joke with what I am saying. No matter the field you found yourself, I have always known there will be a time we will need builders. There will be a time we will need accountants. In every profession, in every profession, God will raise them one after the other. He'll be raising them one after the other because there are so many things to be built. There are so many things to be built. So many, so many things to be built. So many things to be built. That's why I'm not afraid when I'm speaking. I speak with all boldness. I speak with every confidence. I speak with everything in me. I am not afraid. This little place you are seeing today will one day turn to a mighty place. In the name of Jesus. Men will be trooping in and out. In their thousands. In their thousands. When God speaks, don't joke with it. Hold it strong. Hold it strong. Because he can't speak and lie. God cannot lie. Anything he says must come to pass. Since he finished saying that, we started gradually from nothing. I mean from nothing. From the floor, gradually God started lifting us. Gradually God started lifting us. And he lifted us to where we are today. Day that shall be of thee. So every day I still speak, I say, Lord, remember. Remember, he said I remembered. I will do what I said. I tell you, God will make you one of these great men. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. I say God will make you one of these great men in the name of Jesus Christ. There are so many things we have seen God saying. I was sharing with them last time. I said, those days that I used to stay where I was praying concerning this work. And one of the days, God was showing me the reason why they should raise him a people. God said, raise me a people. A different kind of people, a new breed. In small circle. Children that will not deal with me falsely. Isaiah 63 verse 8. Isaiah 63 verse 8. Children that will not deal with me falsely. Raise for me a new kind of generation. In small circle. He said, I, God, will walk through with them. Even in the midst of trouble, I will be with them. I will carry them through. I will be their savior. For he says, surely, they are my people. Children that will not lie. So he was their savior. Go to verse 9. Children that will not lie. Children that will not deal with me falsely. That's what another translation says. Children that will not deal with me falsely. He said, in all the affliction, he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved him. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them and he bear them and carried them all the days of old. He redeemed them and carried them all the days of old. And one of the days God said to me, tell them, any one of them that refuses to reduce his age, anyone that refuses to reduce his age, I have entered into a covenant with him that he will not fail. I enter into a covenant with him that he can never fail. Under any circumstances, even if he didn't succeed in football, I will commit myself forever that he will not fail in life. He can never fail. He can't fail. He can't fail. He said, these are things we are beginning to see in sports circle. The foundation is out of place. Listen, may I announce to you, the ministry is not only for you alone. It is for the referees too. Referees who are taking bribes. It's not only for you. Referees need to hear the gospel and know that their soul is being bargained for by the devil. Go back to it. For he said, surely they are what? They are my people. Which people are that? Children that will not deal with me falsely. That will not deal with me falsely. Falsely. And that translation. And he said, surely they are my people's sons. Who will not be false to me? And so he became their savior. It is false who to play games in anything you're doing in life. God sees it as falsehood. God sees it as falsehood. And these are the foundation that this place was laid by. And I keep telling my players, you will not succeed here if you are telling lies and joking. And I'll keep saying it. And I'll keep saying it. And I'll keep saying it. And I will never go back. There is a confidence God has with all of you who has come into this place. I beg you, do what he asks you to do. He will do what he said he will do in your life. Can somebody say amen? I am here to make you know your God. I am here to make you know your God. I am here for your soul to be saved. 
I am here for you to return back to your maker. It's not for money. If it is for money, would have made so much. There is no other thing we are looking for except the souls of men returning to God. Your relationship with your God. This is a flight that God set up by himself. He set it up by himself that anybody who bought the flight, forget about it, is taking you to a glorious destiny. It's taking you to an enviable destiny. A destiny that you can never, ever regret getting in this life. I want to say to you today, you are welcome again. But take heed to what God is saying to you. Every instruction God gives to you is an instruction to your highway to a glorious destiny. I say you are the next one that God will lift. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now the theme of the meeting Raising agents of change. Raising agents of change. It's important that we understand this. When we talk about raising agents of change, it's important that we look at the first one who is the agent of change. That God sent here on earth. The one that God sent here on earth as the agent of change. No one has ever made the kind of change or effected the kind of change that Jesus of Nazareth has ever effected. There's no man who has ever lived who can say he has effected the kind of change that my master, my savior, my redeemer has ever effected in this generation. In the generation to come, all the generations of the one that has still coming. The effect of the change that Jesus Christ brought to mankind does not have part two. So when you talk about change, you must try to know him. You must know him. When you don't know him, you cannot be an agent of change. You might think you are one, but you are not one. You might think you are one, but you are not one indeed. It is him. That is the agent of change and the change that he effected is everlasting. He speaks every day, every time, every minute, every second to any man who believes. To any man who ever believes in him, he includes the man to be one of the agents of change. The Bible talked about the apostles. What made unlearned people to become great in life. Because they encounter the one. Who is the agent of change? The day Jesus saw Matthew. And said you Matthew follow me. That was the day. The story of the man called Matthew changed. He saw John. He saw Peter. All of them that he met. And said follow me. They dropped whatever they were doing to follow him. They all came out as agents of change. Everybody is still talking about them as they talk about Christ. Are we saying amen? So we can't talk about agent of change. We can't talk about a lasting change without talking about him who is the only agent that we have seen. That's forever and ever the change he made is still speaking and is still speaking up to tomorrow. I won't have much time to start telling you everything about him. But I'll just show you one or two things that he said. 
and why we are doing what we are doing today. Why you cannot make light of what we are doing today, you cannot know more than him. If we must know how to effect change that is lasting, if we must also know how to become an agent of change that forever and ever and in all seasons we remain relevant, we must look at him very well and know the instruction is given to us. The instruction is given to us. Every instruction Jesus gives to you ushers you to become an agent of change. Every instruction that Jesus gives to a man. I wouldn't have been in this place today changing lives. Only what you see me doing to change lives. That's not that thing I'm doing. My work is that lives will be changed. When you hear me, you get changed. When you hear me, you get changed. If you become my friend, you must be changed. If you are my friend, you turn to agent of change. There is no one who could do it for me except Christ Jesus. The day I found him and began to walk with him, I discover, even if you don't want to be a gent of change, coming to Christ, you become one. You become one. Automatically, you become one. You stop seeking for people to change you. People come to you and get changed. People come to you and get changed. Not only in the area of finance. You get changed in every area of life. And that is why listening to him is very important. Heeding to whatever he says to you is very important. Sitting down to hear him well is very important. What people used to deceive people today is change. What do you think a man who used to calm the wife down? A change will come. A change will come. When things are getting tough, don't worry, there will be change. You don't understand how powerful the word change means. How strong and how powerful the word change means. A woman that is looking for a baby over many years, the husband will always come her and say, change will come. Let's believe change will come. Do you know that word change has kept them for 20 years? We believe change will come. She's enduring that there will be a change. There will be a change. One day there will be a change. 20 years will go. 25 years will go. She'll keep saying, when will the change come? <laughs> a man who is dying at the sick bed, the only thing that still sustains the man there is that they give him hope of change. They keep telling him, don't die, please. Change will come. Change will come. He says, is there anything doctors say about my case? They say, yes. Doctor says something, there is hope. He says, eh, Okay. And he sustained himself with that. Whenever people give up on life, it's because they see there's no change again. They have to go. And that's why when we talk about change, it is necessary that we quietly look at the one who holds it in his hands. Who holds it in his hands? Himself is the change. He is the agent of change. I keep looking at the people of the world. I laugh when they talk about change. I keep laughing. I say, you are talking about change when you have left the one who is the agent. Who effects change in every situation? Jesus effected change when people die. He said, I can change it. I can change it. The man who is dead, he'll bring you back to life again. That is a gent of change. 
his finance. They held him and the disciples. I said, you are not going anywhere. You have to pay us. He said, hey, there's no problem. Peter, go to that place. The first fish you pull out of the place, open the mouth. The money you will get there is enough to pay for me and for you so that they will leave us to go. He went there at the same time. The first fish, he opened the mouth, he saw the money. He brought the money and gave to them. They said, go. And he put his hand in his pocket. He was moving like this. He was moving like this. <laughs> the widow, the son died. They were carrying the son to go and bury. On the way, Jesus met them. I said, what is happening? Saw the woman crying. Said, what? A hopeless situation. A situation, there is nobody. All of them, they say there's no change again. Nothing will happen. Go and bury the child. And my master Jesus stopped on the way and said, hey, the child will come back to life again. <laughs> now, when we talk about Jesus, that many people get angry and get offended, they don't want to settle down with him. If you tell them, sit down with the Jesus, who brings a lasting change, the change he brings is not the one that lasts for two days or one month or three years. It is a lasting one forever and ever. It's a lasting one. So no matter what you are passing through today, know that you have come to the one who can change it. And change it permanently. You have come to Jesus. Who no situation trembles. No trial makes him afraid. There's nothing that he sees that shakes him. He can handle anything. He opened the eyes of the blind. And open the ear of the deaf. He caused the dead to come back to life. He walked on water. There is nothing he can do. He fed 5,000 with only two fish and five loaves of bread. So there is nothing he can do. There is no change he can effect. There is nothing he can do. Only what he's saying, I want to raise a chance of change. I have finished my own. I have gone. Now, I want to start raising agents of change. Will you be among them? Have you seen so many people who are among these agents today? Jesus raised them and say you'll be among the agents. When he met the disciples, do you know what he said to them? He said, I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. I want to make you agents. I want to make you agents. I will make you fishers of men. You will fish a man. When this agent called Jesus meets you, when you are roasting plantain, he will carry you from that place you are roasting plantain and make you a man that president to be looking for. Because there is a need in his life that he needed agents of change to change his life. That's why today, presidents are inviting ministers to their house and say, please, come and pray for me. There's something choking me inside. Nobody knows. You know, I'm president. When I come out, I cover it. <laughs> and the agent of change will put his hand in his pocket and walk to his house and say, Mr. President, kneel down. He will kneel down. Mr. President, kneel down. He will kneel down. I say, man of God, help me. And the agent will pray. <laughs> you are not living here today the same way you came. After these three days, you start moving up and down looking for people that will help you. But people will be calling you and say, come 
and effect change in our lives. Come and effect change in our own lives. Are we saying amen? These agents of change does not break up and down. But those people that you think they are big, they come to them and kneel down. They lay hands on their head and release them to go. Now say it's important. We can't make light of that. How does Jesus make people agents of change? That's what we are teaching today. And listen and listen very, very attentively. How does Jesus make people agents of change? I will speak the one that consigns you today. There are other ways. This one is the most important. It consigns everybody. It consigns everybody. All the agents of change of the old, the agents of change in the present, all of them, first of all, was confronted with this that we're about discussing this evening. Before Jesus could convert anybody to become a gentle change, the very first thing that must be in place before you become an agent of change. No wonder many people are not agents of change. No wonder many people are looking for change. They are moving up and down everywhere because they have neglected this, which is the foundation. If Jesus must make you an agent, if Jesus must make you an agent, that's why I would say, don't go to any other person who promises change. Don't go to any other person. The change they promise you does not last. It doesn't last. It doesn't last. But if Jesus effects a change, it's there permanently. Nobody can change it again. God is changing your story. God is giving you a new story. In the name of Jesus. And we first see the apostles. Then we see Jesus. We see the apostles. They thought, how could they make people agents of change? The first thing that Jesus does, if he must make people agents of change, he sends his word to them. He sends the gospel to them. Anytime the gospel of Christ begins to come to you. Anytime the gospel of Jesus begins to come to you. May I announce to you. What is in his heart is for him to make you one of the agents. Listen. This thing you go to church every day and sit down. If you finish you go back home. Jesus has never achieved his aim. His aim is not for you to sit down every day in the church. And say this pastor, he knows how to preach. This pastor, this new pastor they bring here, he knows how to preach. If you see the man, if he finishes preaching like this, his English is wonderful. The way he used to explain things, if he finishes explaining the whole thing, it's wonderful. You still go back to your house, you are still the same way you are. You only tell stories. I will show you the reason. Because when we say gospel, it's not every kind of gospel. I will tell you the kind of gospel that Jesus confronts people with if actually that man will be included as agents of change. If actually he will ever be included as agents of change. That particular gospel, he don't play with it. He don't joke with it. If that man will be included as agents of change, he must send that kind of gospel force to them. 
This is the first gospel. And we began to look at the apostles. So when he raised the apostles and said, now, you've seen, I have raised you. I said, gents, you will join now to raise others. But look at the kind of gospel that you are taking to them. If you ever want them to be agents of change, it's not every kind of gospel that makes a man agent of change. It is that one that Jesus taught his disciples. That one that Jesus himself preached. Look at again, Acts chapter 26, verse 19 to 20. We begin to study. Acts 26, 19 to 20. We are upon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. I don't want to bring the whole story. We are talking about Paul, our brother Paul. When Jesus encountered him on his way to Damascus to go and annihilate the people of God. Because he wasn't a child of God yet. He was still a hidden. On his way to go and arrest the children of God. To kill those ones he will kill. And throw those ones he will throw into the prison. As he was going, Jesus stood on the way. And called him Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And look at what happened. Immediately Jesus encountered him and made it to know. You are part of this work. He first of all got that message. And Jesus committed the same message into his hand. And said, go and tell others. In order for them to be part of this agent. In order for them to be part of this agent. In verse 19. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto heavenly vision. Verses 20. But showed forth unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem. And throughout all coasts of Judea. And then to the Gentiles. That they should repent and turn to God. And do works meet for repentance. That they should repent and turn to God. And do works that is meet for repentance. Please pick these things. It's important. Acts 5, 29 to 32. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God better than men. Verses 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slay, and hanged on the tree. Verse 31. Him had God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Acts chapter 3, verse 18 to 19. Acts 3, verses 18 to 19. Listen very attentively. We are now learning. But those things which God before has showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he had so fulfilled. Verses 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Matthew chapter 4 verse 12. Now when Jesus has heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. Verses 13. And leaving Nazareth, 
he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali. Verses 14. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee, of the Gentiles. Verses 16. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them we sat in the region of shadow of death. Light is sprung up. Verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Are we saying amen? Now, from the life of the apostles, Jesus first of all taught them why all of them were preaching one gospel, repent, 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 and forgiveness of sin, these are two major messages they never failed to preach. They never ever failed to preach, repent, and there will be forgiveness of your sins. Repent, and there will be forgiveness of your sins. These two messages are the messages that they started preaching that brought people into what God has in stock for them in life. Any day any man hates these two messages and think he can get anything from the Lord, may I announce to you, you won't get anything from him. You can never be included among the agents of change. You are not going to partake on anything that God has in stock for you. You can never partake of it. And that is one message that God has never made light of. From generation to generation, that same Jesus remained the same. From generation to generation, he remained the same. Look at Jesus speaking his own. In Luke chapter 24, verse 44 to 47. Immediately after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus began to speak to them again. <laughs> he was talking to the disciples and said, remember. And he said unto them, these are the words which I speak unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, thus, it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Are we saying amen? What am I saying? I want you to understand this first of all. We cannot talk about raising agents of change who has not actually understood the message of repentance and remission of sins. The reason why all the people shout change, 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 change is because they have not received this message. You can't be an effective agent of change when you have not repented of your sins. 
You can never be agent of change when you have not repented of your sins. Anybody who has not repented of sins, anybody that God has not forgiven of his sins, anybody that God is still retaining his sin, anybody that's still covering his sins, is not an agent. He's not part of it. He has not started. He is a joker. He's gambling with God. He's gambling with God. Why repentance? The reason why you can't make light of this repentance and remission of sin, I will make it very clear to you so that you can understand better. Now I start saying this, first of all, in the absence of correct gospel of Christ, through the person of the Holy Ghost, the sole agent of change that shows man his or her true condition, which triggers a sorrow of heart for genuine repentance, change in this present world remains a nollywood. Change in this present world remains a nollywood. In the absence of the correct gospel of Christ, through the passing of the Holy Ghost, the sole agent of change that shows man his or her true condition, which triggers a sorrowful heart for genuine repentance, change in this present world remains a nollywood. The issue of sin cannot be bypassed or treated casually in a man's quest for a durable and undefeated change in his journey to life. Until sin issue is properly dealt with, change becomes a mirage. A man whose life has not changed can never be an agent of change. A man whose life has not changed can never be an agent of change. The change that changes all things doesn't begin with environmental change or financial change or intellectual change. Rather, it begins with life change. It begins with life change first. It begins with life change. Those whose lives are changed by the power of the gospel through the conviction of sin by the Holy Ghost receives an inherited the power that is the seed to become agents of change. I will say amen. It is a process that must begin with repentance of sins. It is a process that begins with repentance of sins. The issue of sin is beginning to be treated casually. That even when God wants to help, he can help. <laughs> even when God desires to help, he wants to help people. But because the issue of sin has not been treated, because the issue of sin is not what he can just overlook, God is still handicapped. He's watching. He's watching. He's watching. No matter how God loves a man, once the issue of sin has not been dealt with well, God will still stay by the side and say, Ah, ah, I love to do this. I love to do that. I love to do that one for him. But look at this issue of sin. 
it must not be bypassed. It must be treated perfectly well. The issue of sin today, many people thought you can just cover it up and carry on with your life. Many people thought there are certain sin that is no more sin again. Many people thought that one can do certain things and God will just overlook and keep blessing him. And God said, no, it doesn't work like that. And look at God speaking to us as I begin to teach you what repentance brings into the life of a man. Repentance is your blessing. Your blessing is repentance. Actually, repentance simply means God's grace to man. God's unmerited grace to man. That God saw you are supposed to die. God saw that this man has committed something that he cannot even be able to bail himself from. God saw that we are in a situation whereby our case has been settled. That all of us has to go to hell and be destroyed there. And God said, no. I must make a way out. And God now decided to bring repentance as his own wisdom. That if anybody hears the gospel and repent and believe in Jesus... God will forgive you. No matter the sin you have committed. He will forgive that man. He will not count that sin against him anymore. Why? Because we couldn't pay. He had to pay for us. And that great grace is what people are joking with today. That is what people threw away. That is what they don't even preach again. They feel that if they do program, that is how they will be blessed. And God said no. For the people to be blessed, for me to make them agent of change, for their life to become what I've designed it to be, the issue of sin must be dealt with perfectly well. It must be dealt with perfectly well. You can't sweep it under the cushion. You can't sweep it under the cushion. And God said in Acts chapter 3 verse 26, God began to show us how he blessed his people. And God said... Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you. Sent him to bless you. But how will he bless me and you? By turning every one of us away from our iniquities. From our iniquities. God raised Jesus Christ and sent him. Why did he send him? To bless us. There's no other reason why he sent Christ. Is to bless me and you. But there is a barrier. That is standing. Between we and the blessing. So how will he now get the barrier off? The only way he can get the barrier off. Is that he had to turn us. Away from our iniquities. By bringing the gospel of repentance. And forgiveness of what? Of sins. That anybody who believes in that gospel, what happens to him? He's blessed. That man is blessed. So what are you doing 21 days fasting for blessing? What is the fasting for? Look at what he said there. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, send him to bless you. Send him to do what? To bless you. But how? 
But how? In turning away everyone of you from his what? Iniquity. So how does God bless? The only way he can bless is when he could turn you away from your iniquity. You don't need to fast. Leave fasting. Leave fasting. You don't need vigil. Leave it. Too much vigil. Too much fasting. No blessing. Too many vigils. Too much fasting. No blessing. Are you seeing the blessing? Are you seeing the blessing? So much night vigil. So much prophecy. So much programs. No blessing. No blessing. The reason is because they have not settled for the truth that is in Christ. Jesus Christ came and gave us the way. He showed us the way. He showed us the way. All we need to do is to settle down. Lord, every day, is there any iniquity in me? Is there any iniquity remaining? I know how bad this iniquity can be. It blocks the flow of your blessing to me. If the iniquity can be off, the flow comes. Because Jesus came for that reason. Jesus died for that reason. Jesus paid the price for that reason. He's not planning to pay the price. Jesus is not coming to die. He had died. Why are you not blessed? He's not coming to die. Jesus is not blessing you because you pray 24 hours prayer. No. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you. What is holding the blessing? Because they refuse him turning them away from their iniquity. They resist him. They say no. We love the way we are living. We want to continue like that. They justify themselves by themselves. A child of God is fornicating. He says I will marry her. He says I will marry her. No problem. God should understand. I'm not joking. I'm not playing. I'll marry her. And already you're fornicating. Is that what Jesus taught you? Jesus said in his word, let no such be heard among you. Let nobody hear that brother and sister fornicating. Let it not be heard among you as children of God. He said because of such people, the name of the Lord is being mocked among the hidden. Because of them, they mock the name of the Lord. They say, look at that sister that is singing in the choir. She's pregnant. Look at that brother that cleans in the house. It's a homosexual. And they say, come tomorrow. And say, Lord, bless me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to do for job. Bless me. Bless me. God said, no. And the pastor leave the gospel to preach. And what he's telling me is going to be Super Sunday. Is that what Jesus taught you to do? Jesus said, this is the gospel. If this wounds must be raised, this is the gospel. You have to preach repentance and remission of sin in order for them to turn away. Turn away from their iniquity. I will pour the blessing upon them immediately. 
I'll pour the blessing upon them immediately. Listen, there is a huge glory that I waste for you. Young people, how I wish you were here. God gets you into what we are talking about. When you lead every form of iniquity, lying, that is why we tell you don't reduce your age. We understand. Don't falsify anything. Don't cheat anybody. Stand firm. Speak the truth from your heart. Under the circumstances, don't backbite. Don't gossip anybody. Make sure that everything called iniquity is terminated in your life. When that happens, the coming of Jesus and his resurrection will begin to manifest in your life. Through the blessing that you begin to receive. Anytime you see a child of God struggling in his life, if the issue of iniquity has been settled, rejoice over that child of God. It's just the trying of his faith. After that, there is a glory that is hitting that child of God. There is a glory that is hitting him. Is somebody still there with me? So, go in every day. Somebody prophesying, you are blessed. It's not necessary. I don't call blessing on any man who is committed iniquity. Because I know you can't change God's word. You can't change it. No matter the prophecy you're blogging. If you like speaking tongues 24 hours. Libra, Latabosh, Kalabash. God will say you can't clean my word. I said, preach them repentance and remission of sin. It is the reason why I came to bless them. I died that they be blessed. I paid the price they can pay. I was raised, I resurrected in order to watch the blessing come to them. But they have to turn from their iniquity first. They have to turn from their iniquity first. They must turn from their iniquity. Every sin they are committing, they should get out of it. If they don't, forget about it. You're only deceiving them. You have not told them the truth. Tell them the truth. When you tell them, the blessing pours. Listen, my children, I want everybody hearing me to be blessed. I don't want people finish hearing me, they are not blessed. When people get blessed, they know where they get blessed. They know where they get blessed. And God called you today and said, see, see, my children, don't follow people who deceive. Don't follow people who are no more preaching gospel. Look at Jesus and know what he said and do it the way he said it. You'll be blessed. There's no two ways about it. As a child of God, what do you call iniquity? So what they call iniquity is when they fornicate alone. You don't know that every work of the flesh is the work of iniquity. Every activity of the flesh. Let me now shock you. The little, little activities of the flesh that you display, that you think it doesn't mean anything. You wear clothes that they see your laps. And you are making young, young boys to misbehave. Their eyes cannot be in one place. They defy themselves every day. See you. And you call yourself a child of God. You know what? You wear clothes that your boss is out. They are watching your breasts. And they are swallowing saliva. Because of the way you dress. You make them to get trapped. In iniquity. And you say you are a child of God. And you say God will bless you. He won't bless you. I can tell you he won't bless you. It's not God. And you go to pastors that try to deceive you. 
and tell you grace has covered you. What does grace teach? Grace teaches us how to deny iniquity. Grace teaches us how to say no to sin. Can somebody say amen here? You are a child of God. You go to take exam for people. They pay you. You enter hall. Answer the person's name. You are a thief. You are a complete thief. Hear me now. You are a thief. God did not give you wisdom to be stealing. To be answering people's name. You have answered up to 25 names. Only you in the name of getting money. Flying from one school to the other. To take exam. You are a thief. In turning them from iniquity. He will bless them. And they say it's wrongs. We are doing wrongs. God will understand. It's not understanding anything. That's why if you finish writing on the exams, money will still finish in your pocket. You have never used the money to achieve anything useful. Hey, young footballers, may I announce to you, if you reduce your age, you have not understood what God is saying. You will miss the blessing. He said it is the blessings of the Lord that make it rich. It does not add sorrow to it. If you think it's blessing you're making, you've got nothing. You know, when sorrow that comes to it will come, you will see yourself eating gravel. That thing you think is riches will turn to gravel in your mouth. It's only the blessing of the Lord that make it rich. It doesn't add one single sorrow to it. No sorrow. No sorrow of any kind. Ah, I won't change. I'll be saying this something. God must raise a new generation. God must raise a generation that will serve him in truth and in spirit. God must raise a generation that will be outstanding. A generation that will be agents of change in the name of Jesus. No matter what the world do, no matter what they say, there's nothing we don't see. Men are stealing in the church today. They call them deacons, they call them elders, they call them all manner. They steal from the purse of God. They ask God to work for God. That is iniquity. God needed to turn them from such iniquities. You are tasking your father to work for your father. You are tasking your father to lay down the knowledge. What of if God touch one not? You go to psyche and stay. Can you task him again? Somebody who is in psychiatric hospital, does they need him again? It's a nuisance. Nobody need him. And all these iniquities we see everywhere. And they think they are being smart. They think they are being smart. So many of you, you don't know because you don't want to work with God well. You don't want to stay with God and work with God well. All your eyes, the money you can grab, what you can get, you kick your brother. You kick the one you call your son. So many pastors have kicked their sons. Once it's money. We are talking about iniquity, iniquity, iniquity. He said in order for them to be blessed, he had to turn them away from iniquity. These are things the flesh produces. These are wickedness that we thought is right in the sight of God. And God said no. Children, you are here. You are still tapping your mother's money. Iniquity. Get out of that place. Stop stealing your father's money or your mother's money to buy biscuit, to go to school. It's iniquity. 
Stop. If you don't, God will not bless you. Even if they prophesy, I will bless you, God will say no. The blessing is already there. But there is something blocking them. If they will let me turn them away from iniquity, the blessing flows. It flows automatically. This is the one, once I start preaching it, they will run away from me. <laughs> they will run away from me. A player came to my office. He carried a car and dropped it there. Big money in his account. He walked to my office. He said, Pastor, I am ready this year. This year is going to be a wonderful year. I said, what is making it wonderful? Tell me. He said, one, I want to go to the national team. Two, I want to be the highest goal scorer. Three, I want to go to Europe this year. I say, eh, that is wonderful. It's nothing with Jesus. He's the agent of change. What he's requesting for is for change. And Jesus can turn it with a twinkle of an eye. I said, that is not a problem. Sit down. I heard the Lord say to me, tell him to give his life to Christ. I will do it for him. Tell him to turn away from his iniquity. I will do it for him. I told him, will you give your life to Jesus and turn away from iniquity? He never see it as a blessing. He saw it. What is this man saying? I said, keep your car. God said, don't touch the car. Don't touch the money. I said, keep your car. Keep the money. The Lord said, if you give your life to him now and start living for Christ, reject iniquity and Satan and the world, I will do it for you. <laughs> he said, Pastor... <laughs> Pastor, pastor. <laughs> it's my pastor, pastor. He walked away. He carried his car and carried his money and left. <laughs> they don't see that as anything. They have never seen it as anything. Is somebody still in this meeting with me? Look at the next one again. Acts chapter 11, verses 18, NIV. Repentance leads to life. Repentance leads to life. It leads a man to life. When they had this, they have no further objections. And praise God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles' repentance unto what? Life. God has granted the Gentiles' repentance unto life. Repentance unto life. Repentance leads a man to life. Any day a man repents well, genuinely without games, that's the day the man started living. If a man has not repented, he's not living, no. He's a dead man. Let him know that. He need to know. He's a dead man, no matter what you call yourself. He's a dead person. He's a dead person. Are we saying amen? That same scripture, give me that scripture in Amplified. Amplified. As 11, 18 Amplified. Hearing it, all let out like that. They quieted down. And then, as it sank in, they started praising God. It really happened. When they heard this, they were quieted and made no further objection. And they glorified God, saying, then, God has also granted the Gentiles repentance unto real life. 
Do you want real life? Real life. Real life. Not managing, patching. Managing, patching. That's real life. Real life. The man who has not repented does not have real life. What he has is a patching and managing life. He's managing his life, patching it. Anyhow, anything that happens, we'll take. If something drops for us, we'll take. If nothing drops, we'll leave it. Real life begins when a man heeds to God's word, the gospel of repentance and remission of sins. With all of his heart, obeying what God said, leaving everything causing, dropping every relationship that makes him to commit iniquity. Real life begins. Your destiny begins to be recovered immediately. Can somebody say amen? Now repentance is the gateway unto real life. We saw it in Amplified. Unto real life. Repentance is the gateway unto anybody who wants to live a real life. You have to repent of every sin that you know. Can somebody say amen? Now living Bible. Anybody with living Bible there? Give him microphone to read for me. Living Bible. Acts chapter 11, 18. Repentance is a privilege given to every man by God to turn him to receive life eternal. Read. When the others hear this. When the others hear this. All their objections were answered. All their objections were answered. And they began praising God. And they began praising God. Yes, they yes, said. They said. God has given to the Gentiles. God too. has given to the Gentiles too. The privilege of turning to him. The privilege of turning to him. And receiving eternal life. And receiving eternal life. So repentance is a privilege for one to receive eternal life. It's a privilege God has given to me and you for we to receive what? Eternal life. Can somebody say amen? So when they say repent, it is you they are doing good. They are doing you good. Stop being angry. Stop rejecting the privilege that God has given to you. The blessing that God packaged a repentance and forgiveness of sins. Can somebody say amen? If you look at message, it is a breakthrough for anyone to be granted the privilege of repentance unto life. So you see message again, you see, it is a privilege. A breakthrough. God makes a major breakthrough in the life of a man who repents. A major breakthrough against the plans and the words of the devil. Everything the devil has put in place in your life, God breaks it into pieces and recover his son and begin to bless you. Are you saying amen? Now as I begin to close, look at Acts 26, verse 18 to 20. God began to speak to Paul. He showed him, this is the reason why I began to speak what I'm speaking. Everyone who is a sinner, there is a veil the devil uses to block your mind and your eyes so that you will see your true condition. Is somebody here with me? Everyone who is a sinner, the devil blocks your eyes and your heart so that you can't see. When the gospel of Christ comes, the gospel of repentance, the first thing God does is to open your eyes to see your true condition. 
when God opens your eyes to see your true condition, you begin to understand that, ah, where I am is not saved. Is this the way my life has been? Is this how horrible I've been? If it's somebody who has been aborting children, it will begin to cry and say, ah, God. So this is how my life has been. These are children that you eventually go and start crying to God to give you. You are now aborting all of them. Aborting all of them. Then when you don't get married, say, God, give me a child. But because your eyes was blind, you don't know what you are doing. You are in the dark. So when God comes to you and trying to show you what God does, he will first remove it and remove it and show you your condition. Now, after that, the next thing, once you believe him and say, Lord, this is my condition. I don't love this place I am anymore. I believe you. I believe what you have done for me on the cross of Calvary. You know what Jesus does? Jesus carries you from that darkness. He breaks the power of the devil over your life. Because anybody who is committing sin, the Bible said, the owner of that life is the devil. So, for Jesus to set you free, you have to first of all see your true condition. You have to confess your sins. You have to repent of the sins. You have to believe in Christ. Then Christ gets you out of darkness. He carries you out of the power of the devil. Look at the next thing he does. It's a process. Look at the process. He said to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. You see, he turns you from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sin. That is the first blessing he gives to the man. He will give you the first blessing of forgiveness of sin. Because he cannot start blessing you without first forgiving your sin. The devil will accuse him. He has to forgive your sins when he finishes forgiving your sins. Can you see the next thing he will bring you into? Can you shout inheritance? That inheritance is what we're talking about. Tomorrow, I'll begin to show you. He said, this inheritance is not only for one person. It's for everyone who has repented, who has sanctified. Every one of them, every one of them has that inheritance. There is no child of God redeemed, forgiven, who don't have that inheritance. You are there. Your own inheritance is there. My own is there. Everybody's own is there. Everybody's own is there. And why are we preaching the gospel we are preaching of repentance, remission of sin, in order for every child of God not to lose his own inheritance? Not just coming to church and sitting down and gazing at the pastor. So if I can labor to break all these things and get you to that inheritance, I am doing nothing. And how? Preaching the gospel of what? Repentance and forgiveness of sin is the first message. For you to become an agent of change. Can somebody shout amen? Why do we believe it's possible? Romans chapter 5 verse 1 to 9. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 to 9. Jesus paid the price. What I'm teaching you is not a fluke. It is what Jesus has paid for. All he needs from you, release your faith today. 
There are two major things that justifies you. Your faith in Christ. In this gospel you are hearing today. Number two, the blood of Jesus Christ that is made available to wash away every sin that any man has committed. No matter the gravity of the sin. Your faith in Christ justifies you. The blood of Jesus justifies you. If you will ever repent and come back to God. No devil will ever accuse you again forever. Can you look at that scripture as I close? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patient, then continue, and patient experience and experience hope, and hope maketh no ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. In due time, Christ died for me and you. And by his blood, we are justified. Continue. For scarcely, for a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Finally, much more than being now justified by his blood. Much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Say, I am justified by the blood of Jesus. I am justified by my faith in Christ. Can somebody shout amen? Now, what is the only thing remaining? The only thing remaining is that you must first believe in Jesus. It is not by your power. It is what Jesus finished for you on the cross. You must also confess your sins and reject them. You must repent of every known sin. You must renounce them. You must say no to them. You must say from this day, I will never put my hand in you again. I divorce sin. I divorce Satan. Is there anybody who wants to say Jesus today? It is over. Anything that has to do with sin is over. As we begin to pray now, you must say, Lord, ah, I don't want to be the one that cost myself. I don't want to be the one that cost myself. I don't want to be the one that will hinder myself. I don't want to be the one that will be struggling every day, praying useless prayers. Fasting, nonsense fasting. Why the blessing is already there for me? Can somebody begin to pray? Say, Jesus, here I am. I have seen it. I have understand it. Everything caused sin from today. I drop them. I renounce all of them. I say no to all of them. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of all my sins. I confess that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that God the Father raised you up on the third day for my justification from the dead. Today, I come to you. Take me, O Lord, to be your own. Write my name in the book of life. Cancel it, Lord, from the book of death. Give me the power to be a child of God, to serve you, 
I will not serve the devil again. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. I know you are blessed by the message you just received. We encourage you to join our Open Heaven Training, connecting to God's help every first of the month, 5 p.m. Deep experience with Jesus every Saturday, 5 p.m. And our Life Transforming Seminar for all its hot circles at Suge23, C2C Plaza, Bucketty Road, Enugu, Nigeria. Visit our Facebook page, Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry. Instagram at Savior T Sports. Twitter at Savior Total. WhatsApp number 090-6022-330. Email Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry at gmail.com. You are blessed. Angel.